Well, here we are. We're back. Episode number two. Of the Grace Escape Podcast. Yeah. Are you excited to be back? I'm so excited. How have you been? Oh, I've been great. Had a good week? I had a very, very good, busy week. And um, glad to be back on the, the on pod. The pod. We, yeah. We had, uh, we had fun the first episode talking about yes. how we got in and just sharing a little bit about us. And um, today we're going to be talking about why people are stuck and can't get out. Yeah. It's very hard to get out. Yeah. So, so talk about a few of those things. Anyway. I'm Justin. I'm Tiffany. And through grace, we escaped a high control, fundamental, Pentecostal, oneness Pentecostal church. Yes, we did. Called the United Pentecostal Church. We spent 30 years there. So we've got a little bit of experience. Yeah. And today we're going to um, just chat about um, kind of a list we put together. Um, It's not extensive by any means, but we just kind of broke it up into five different categories on why we think it's so difficult to leave a fundamental uh, church like the UPC. Yeah, it shouldn't be difficult. No, it it really shouldn't be. And I think that's... um, It's a voluntary... Program. I mean, we've kind of turned it into the word club because. Yeah, for multiple reasons. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you, if, I mean, that should be the first red flag is <laughs> that uh, if you can't. If you can't get out. And I think we talked about it the first time, like obviously no one, there's not guards at the door, like That's some, true. some places or you're not on a co- compound, but uh, it definitely is very difficult to leave. And so today we want to talk about some of the reasons why we think people stay and and it's more of a mental tug on you than it is a physical one is correct yep yeah so thanks for um listening to episode one if you did Mm -hmm. and sharing and liking and commenting and all those things yes we just have faith that all that is just happening behind the scenes well yeah but we've already gotten some comments and stuff so oh you're right warm welcome to all of you that are joining us yes. and uh, excuse me you and had a throat noise like i know me. <laughs> like you did <laughs> and we're not going to edit so yep, everybody no. gets to hear it that takes too much time um so uh we wanted to say if you're coming to us on uh your podcast platform and you want to just see us chit chatting on the couch um you can go over to our youtube channel where we put up a video version of this yes you so. can see us in all of our glory yeah um so these first few episodes uh we're just kind of doing a general overview right of yeah. of um particularly the organization we were in how we got in how we got out etc yeah i think people love to hear the stories and um and they can identify with some of the, the same things that we have and we've heard other people's stories and it's encouraging to know that you're not the only one out there but we've also got just to to do a sneak peek. We've also got some good topics. Specific topics. That we're excited to talk about in the future. Yeah, I'm very excited to get into some of those. But first, let's read our uh, theme scripture. Yeah, please do. Which is found in Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast. 
Amen. This is a scripture actually I tell myself when those ugly old thoughts start popping back in my head that, you know, you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. You mean you still have, you still have thoughts. Oh, (laughs) I still struggle. It's a, it's a daily mental. um, Yeah. I think that's important to point out that um, there is a detoxing period and and there's Mm -hmm. not a time frame on how long it takes to mentally and sometimes even emotionally and physically just, you know, detox from the environment and and the thinking that we've had for so many years. So give yourself grace. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Please give yourself grace. It takes a lot of time. And I remember you, I mean, you encouraged me so many times with that phrase. It helped me so much because you, you left the organization before I did. Mm-hmm. And, um, as I was, that's why it's important to have community. We'll get into that. Amen. Anyway. So in our first episode, we talked about how involved we were for sure in the yeah. church, but, and then we kind of left it hanging with, you know, well, with all those things, why, why do people stay? Right. Right. But did you ever even think about leaving? Um, not until I did, (laughs) not until I did. No. And I think some of the reasons we'll talk about is the reasons why, uh, it's just, it's not. How about you? You know, I never thought about leaving it. Yeah. We'll get into why it wasn't an option, but I, I dealt with so much frustration. Mm -hmm. So I think there were, there were times when I, I wished I could have, (laughs) Okay, so you um, you you thought about it. I thought about it. It it, it was never an option. Mm-hmm. It was never an option. What would you say was if you could just pinpoint or generalize the one biggest reason why you never went further than just entertaining that initial thought of leaving? Oh, it, it number one is that it was the gospel truth. Okay, and if I went anywhere else, I would be an absolute false doctrine. Okay. Yeah, that's that's my number one. It, what about you? And I and I think I think it would be the same for me. Is mm-hmm. is that it? That is something that is really uh, indoctrinated into you so strongly. It is. Yeah, it's a constant. It's a constant um, feeding you. Yeah. Of that message for sure. So should we just jump into what we think is kind of not in any particular particular order, but um, and this is our own compiled list, of course, too. Yeah, and there's honorable mentions, and each person's journey is different. But um, I think we've talked about it. Just uh, you know, kind of in general terms, is it's not really even you're not allowed to even really consider it, right? Right. If you are, that's the enemy, right? Right. Talking to you, mm-hmm. feeding stuff to you, and um, you're not allowed to question, which is scary. Yeah, I think I mentioned that before, um, and not having the ability to entertain any sort of, you know, things that come up during the course of being in the church that are maybe red flags Mm. and not even having the ability to go, wait a minute, let me, let me dive deeper into why I'm feeling this way. Mm. It's just initial, it's just brushed away 
as that's just the enemy tempting you. Um, of course, you hear things like, well, sin is enticing, you know, and <laughs> uh, the pleasures of sin for a season type of thing. But again, I don't now being out, it's, it's, there's such a different viewpoint of there is because as we've talked about before, we're, we're still Christ believers and we still have his spirit in us and we're, we're walking daily with him and the spirit helps to lead and guide us to, um, good works in Christ Jesus. So, yeah, which is what we're called to do. I remember praying, um, I can remember specific times in my bedroom as a teenager, begging God, crying, praying, begging God to never allow me to leave, Mm -hmm. to put truth so deep in my heart. Truth being the Pentecostal way. Yes. Or the apostolic doctrine. Pentecostal doctrine. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Begging God, please don't ever let me fall into a lie, believe deception, you know, all those things. Why do you think that you, if you can remember, why do you think that you were so fearful of losing that? Was it based I, on other people or was it just the, the, the I messages at the time? I thought about that. Yeah. Like, why was I afraid of that? Yeah. Well, you know, I guess it would be the sermons because they would preach, they would preach what I was praying. So, yeah. So they were telling me ipso facto, I don't know how to say that, but I just tried it for the first time. They're basically um, inferring that you can lose it and it's easy to lose it. Right. So I, I guess that's what it would be because of mostly is the preaching. Yeah, and we've got a clip coming up um, that we pulled for this episode of kind of the fear tactics that they use. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's constantly implied whether explicitly or not that there is no, there is no other truth as we've talked about outside. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't even look, you know? Right. Yeah. So, so I guess our, so that's a good first reason I think mostly is that, um, you don't even, con- you're not really allowed to consider it. And even if you are, you just wouldn't. So I think a good second reason though. Yeah. I, well, just before we go into that, I do think that a lot of that does apply to whether you've gotten into the church at a young age or you've come in later on in your life because you have more life experience. So for both of us, because we've got in so young, I think those things as a kid really were indoctrinated and ingrained in us. I'm so glad you said that because I've watched people who have spent two years, five years, maybe 10 years in the organization and have left with no problem because they really come to, they came to the understanding that this, it was not a good situation, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times I think they're in a vulnerable place in their life at that, whether it be some sort of tragedy or they've hit rock, rock bottom in their life. And so again, they're, they're kind of preyed upon at that, at that point, I think in, in some of my experience, you know, and of course anything we're talking about are just examples. It's not across the board, every single person, every single time, but 
right. we can we can talk from experience over the 30 years that we were in pretty much the same assembly and we watched the revolving door for 30 some odd years. Mm -hmm. So we have a good kind of pool of uh, people to, to kind of make those assessments of. Yeah. We don't ever, and you know, we didn't really cover our disclaimers, I guess, but we, we definitely aren't here to judge anyone's walk with the Lord or um, where their heart is. Absolutely not. We're only here sharing our crazy stories. Yeah. Well, and just our journey and how we feel um, it's so damaging long-term to people um, because of the weight, the weight that it puts on people. Yeah. And the gospel is is not that. It's the good news. And does yeah. that mean that your life is going to be perfect and you're never going to have any problems? It Quite the contrary. Um yeah, and ironically, they say that you can pray above problems, pray problems away, and pray sickness away, and, you know. And we have plenty of examples in the New Testament where that is not the case, you know, <laughs> when Paul prayed many times for his thorn in the side to be removed, and yeah. it wasn't. So, anyways, um, so I think the second thing, and we've kind of really touched on it a lot already, is really the fear factor, Yes. And as a young person, oh my word, the fear of being lost or the fear of God. Um, and, and that's not to say that our God doesn't, ha you know, is not a God of judgment at times. Right. Um, we don't believe, we're not, we're not one that doesn't believe in God having judgment, but um, this thought that you would be, you know, a child of God and, and come to the knowledge of, of Christ and then live in fear constantly just doesn't make sense to me now. Did you fight fear as a younger kid? I know I did. So, yeah, I mean, I think I fought fear in multiple ways as a child, um, whether it be, um, because of the church or just in general as young yeah. people have a fear. I remember having a lot of fear of people breaking into your house, oh, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. I uh, guess kids struggle with fear. Yeah. And so yeah, I think that. that that's, I just remember back to a lot of the dramas or the, or the things that they would use, um, particularly for young people. And it was always fear-based. It was always about yes. hell and it was always about, you know, you're going to miss out and you just don't know any second you could, you could, um, have that happen. Yeah, so you could die or the Lord could come. And if you're, yeah. Yeah. So if you fear, if you fear leaving, then why would you ever leave if it's scary to leave? Yeah. And, um, it's, you know, it's not just, um, uh, what we're saying we, that you can get on YouTube now and find many clips and if you were in it, you you know the kind of things that are said yeah. over the over the pulpit um, yeah. to do that. Do we want to do we want to play the clip now? Oh, we have yeah. a clip of uh, Lee Stone King, which if you're not um, familiar with him, I mean, if you're in the UPC, you should be familiar with him. But if you're not, he's he's one of their kind of um, pillar, you know, preachers, so to speak. Yeah. So. Let's see if we can play this um, clip of him talking about um, uh, kind of fear of what will happen if you leave the UPC. Right. Let's see if we can get this to play here real quick. 
are leaving this holiness. These people who are leaving the apostles' doctrine, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, they are cursed. There is a curse upon them. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with the organization I belong to. It has to do with the Word of God. It is written. It is written. It is written. It's not my idea. It's not my philosophy. It's not my doctrine. It is written in the Word. Those people... I need to back it up because I think I played, I, I played it um, to... I wanted to play a little bit more of that clip. Well, oh, was... our curse... Apostle Paul preached repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues, the oneness of God, separation from this world, holiness. He preached those things. And Paul wrote to that church in Galatia and he said, if the, uh, uh -oh. though we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached let him be accursed so he's he's about 20 minutes into his sermon he he hasn't read any any passages but gets done saying that paul preached the gospel of the upc three steps which is repentance baptism in jesus name only and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. That was what Paul was preaching constantly. Um, he gives no reference to that at all, and then proceeds to use Galatians, where it's talking about that scripture, um, and let them be accursed, and then proceeds to say this. As we said before, so say and now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that which ye have received from us, let him be accursed. This is what I've come to say here today. These people who are leaving this holiness, these people who are leaving the apostles' doctrine, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, they are cursed. So... Oh boy. Yeah, oh boy is right. So we're cursed, according to Lee Stone King. We're cursed. I. Yeah, because we've we've walked away from the UPC apostolic doctrine. So this is a perfect example of the things that you get taught and you're constantly hearing. I would say not as much anymore in this kind of direct way as when we were probably younger, because mm. um, it's it's way more about what what you can do to have the blessed life yes. now but um the, but they still they do they do still put sermons in like this taking passages completely out of context um to scare you and so uh he he said that was his whole reason for coming to this particular meeting and and speaking was to let people know if they if they've walked away from the apostolic doctrine that Paul supposedly is preaching, which is the three-step UPC Acts two thirty-eight way, um, you're cursed. Seems severe on the off, you know, on the onset. Um, Abs yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it's just it's just fear mongering. Absolutely, that's what it is. Yeah. So, um, thank you for that clip. That's. That's a great example. I remember things being said like that so many times yeah. growing up. So, 
So I think that uh, along with that, you're lied to about things that will happen to you. So he's saying you're going to be cursed. And the way that's going to happen is, and I think if you go and, and listen to the whole thing before that, he gives all these examples of people who deny Christ and, and what happened to them in their life, um, which is different than what he's saying right here. Um, but his examples earlier were about people that, you know, mocked Christianity or mocked oh, Christ right. and, um, and that sort of thing. So, but I think that we've heard plenty of examples in the church of what will happen to you if you leave the church. Mm, all kinds of bad things will happen to you is what they say. I mean, I've heard stories of people getting cancer, mm -hmm. uh, people losing their marriage right you know for whatever reason and uh and they take examples of of people who are going through life whether or not because i know for myself i went through things in the church that could be used against me now but i was in the church at the time <laughs> and so then it's just you know then it's just the enemy testing and trying you. But if you leave the church and those same things happen, it's because it's you're cursed. Yeah, it's... It's your punishment for yeah. leaving their truth. Right. Um, um, we, we, we received a comment under one of our YouTube videos <clears throat> from just someone that was a part of our church. And he quoted Romans... 128 that talks about God giving you over to a reprobate mind. In fact, I'm, I think I'm going to read it because I think that would be great to read it because it, I think you should read the context of the scripture because, because we're um, calling out what we feel is abusive tendencies in the church or what we've experienced is not the gospel of Jesus Christ we're not denying Christ. We're still Christians. So that scripture doesn't have any, doesn't, doesn't apply to those of you that are thinking about leaving or have left the UPC. So if someone uses that scripture, this scripture on you, um, please read it in context. So I'm going to read 28 for the scripture is actually 20 verse 28, Romans one twenty-eight, And I'm going to read the verses after that. Okay. I can say with certainty the context is that this is referring to God's wrath on unrighteousness. Okay. Uh, and I think it's kind of near the beginning of the chapter, so it might would take a long time to read to show context, but I'll see if I can find it uh, quickly. First, I'm going to read 28, which is, and since, oh, I'm reading it in ESV. Yeah. Should I read it in KJV? No, read it in ESV. Okay, so ESV. English, English Standard Version. Yes, this says, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Which, that says, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, is that literally what we're doing, is not acknowledging God? Verse 29 says, they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, 
insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to... I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, so that scripture so is... that is ta- really describing our walk with the Lord? Well, no. no, not at all. And I think, again, these kind of scriptures are used and they're cherry-picked out of context, proof text, and sometimes they're sandwiched within truth, but then they're just tacked on or they're used um, to, again, for fear-mongering. It's the fear factor, and that's the number two reason why we think that people... Um, get stuck in the church for so long is the fear factor of it all. Yeah, it's huge, especially on kids and or people who are just going through a hard time in their life, you know, just, yeah. So our next reason that we have written down is that you're so controlled when Mm -hmm. you're in those kind of environments or part of those systems. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you were going to read an excerpt from... Did you want to promote the book or did you want to just read the? Uh, yeah, I think that um, we, want to, we want to read an excerpt from The Subtle Power of Spiritual Abuse. Um, I would recommend this book if you've, if you've been in the church for a long time um, and you're getting out. Um, but we wanted to read just a, just a little section out of the book um, that talks about legalism. And um, we talked earlier about the weight that is put on people mm-hmm. and, um, and that's part of the control. Okay. So legalism, the weight we are describing is called legalism. It is a form of religious perfectionism that focuses on the careful performance and avoidance of certain behaviors. It teaches people to gain a sense of spiritual acceptance based on their performance instead of accepting it as a gift on the basis of Christ. Why were the leaders of Jesus's and Paul's day spreading legalistic teaching? Was it simply a matter of being right? It's more serious than that. Look at Galatians 6, 12 through 13. Those who desire to make a good showing in the flesh try to compel you to be circumcised simply that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For those who are circumcised do not even keep the law themselves, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. Yeah. Before you continue, I think it's so important just to add the note here that so much of what's going on here in the early church is, is the, the battle between the Judaizers and the the new Christians. And I mm. think you have to keep that so much in context when you're reading the New Testament and, and take off the Western American Christian version of what the church is. Um, because right. you can see there was already this big battle between the, the Jews and, of course, the Gentiles, which were grafted in, and them, them wanting... Uh, the Gentiles to be circumcised. And of course, if you read your New Testament, you'll, you'll know that that's not a requirement. No, it's not. Okay. uh, We're going to keep reading. You see living with Jesus as your only source of life and acceptance is a confrontation to those who seek God's approval on the basis of their own religious behavior. This then explains the pressure you feel to perform religious behaviors in spiritually abusive contexts. If you perform as they say you must, number one, it will make them look good. 
Number two, their self-righteousness will escape the scrutiny of the cross of Christ as the only means to God's favor. And number three, it will allow them to examine you instead of themselves. Sorry. And number four, they will be able to boast in or gain a sense of validation from your religious performance. And I think if you've been in the church as in these high control, um, hyper charismatic Pentecostal UPC or the like churches, you should be able to identify with that very quickly. And, um, one of the, one of the things, and we're talking about control here. One of the things that, um, really helped me in my journey out was the bite method. And it's, um, it's by the, uh, world's foremost expert on cults, uh, Dr. Stephen Hassan, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, the BITE method is a um, abbreviation for behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. And it's interesting because if you look at the list of, and he's studied this all, almost all of his adult life, um, when you start to read the categories of these, whether it be behavior or information or thought control or emotional control, you just realize really how mm. much um, <laughs> you were controlled. Um, I'll just read a few of them. Uh, under behavior control, okay. um, control of types of clothing and hairstyles. Mm, we'll be talking about that one. <laughs> uh, permission required for major decisions. I have a story about that. You want to tell it right now? I might as well. Yeah. I remember um, really, really wanting to go to um, Bible college when I was, you know, um, a young adult um, in, you know, transitioning into that age. Mm -hmm. And I remember at the time I was working at the church um, and uh, in the music department. And I remember going to the pastor at the time and saying, I really have desire to further my ministry. and I want to entertain the thought about going to Bible college. He said, I need to pray about it mm. and, and see what the Lord's will is about this. Yeah, that's their answer. And that's, every time. you know, and I don't remember if I had to go back to him. That's kind of what I remember to mm. see if he had gotten an answer from the Lord. And of course, the answer was no, you can't go to Bible college. So why do you think they say no, because I'm not, I, I, I absolutely 100, maybe this is an absolute, like we were talking about before, but it, I don't feel like they heard from God. Oh, I don't believe that at, so, at all yeah. now. And I think that if, if you're, if you're in a group that you're having to get your life decisions, uh, the yes or no of your life decisions from one man, that's a problem. Uh, seeking counsel from wise people around very you, different. that's very different, very different, very different. And I don't remember, obviously it's been many years, but I don't remember any wise counsel being given about the decision. It was just, I'm your pastor. I'm saying no. Mm. And, and we have many, um, stories about this, whether it be going on vacation or even in our case, getting married where it was, you know, you had to get the pastor's approval um, that's behavior control, and that is a cultish behavior. Um, uh, so information control would be uh, deception, deliberately withholding information. 
um, or systematically lying. And I think that that happens all the time in these hyper churches where you don't know the full history maybe of the church. We'll be talking about some, you know, who they call their kind of founding turn of the century uh, pillars, so to speak. Um, I'm thinking about Charles Fox Parham. Mm. Um, They don't tell you the full story. They deliberately leave out that he was a swindler and he was a con man and he had run-ins with the law. And this wasn't, this wasn't a um, Paul conversion. Pre-conversion. No, no, this was after. And so I think, you know, there's deliberate um, information control. It's harder now because you can go on the internet and you can do your own research. That's number two. I want to read this. Minimize or discourage access to non-cult sources of information, including internet, TV, radio, books, articles, newspapers, magazines, media, and they discourage access to critical information. They discourage access to former members. Mm -hmm. They minimize or discourage access to keep members busy so they don't have to think and investigate. They don't have time, I'm sorry, to think and investigate. And they control through cell phone with texting calls and internet tracking. And that can seem severe, but it's, it happens more than you think. It does. <laughs> and social media is, is a really big well, one. Well, right it kind of ties down into encouraging spying on other members, yes. imposing a buddy system to monitor and control. Yeah. And we experienced that and maybe even participated it, participated in it um, at times. Oh, yeah. yeah um, shamefully. Shamefully. Um, of course there's other things and, uh, we'll link a, um, we'll put a link to the PDF on these, um, uh, thought control is the third one, um, require members to internalize the group's doctrine as truth, (laughs) instilling black and white thinking, um, encouraging only good and proper thoughts. (laughs) Um, memories are manipulated and false memories are created. Um, it's, it's it's just amazing as you read through this list, you'll just identify, at least I have identified with so many. And then the last one is emotional control, um, which we talked a little bit about the fear and we've talked about uh, just how emotional the whole system is, but um, manipulate and narrow the range of feelings. So some emotions or needs are deemed as evil or wrong mm-hmm. or selfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And instill fear, such as fear of thinking independently, the outside world, enemies, losing one's salvation, leaving or being shunned by the group, and others' disapproval. And and I've identified that, you know, these things have really had an impact on me long term. And just thinking, you know, that performance-based thing, it's just, it's really, really sad and dangerous. Mm -hmm. So I so encourage you to, ways, yeah, you know, that you, you can feel th- that's one of the big, biggest reasons is that you are so controlled for sure. Um, I, I would say the next reason is that you can potentially lose family, friends, maybe even a spouse. Yeah. We have heard stories and our own story is, is that I stayed in for much longer mm. because of you. And we were newly married 
And um, I had started to really study the not only the doctrine, but the history of the United Pentecostal Church. I spent countless, I don't even know how many hours I spent researching. And once, once I let my mind um, uh, have some critical thought and explore, it was amazing. I couldn't get enough and it was mm-hmm. just constant. And I would try to share some of the things with you. Um, but I knew that you weren't ready and you didn't want to leave. And so I, I was scared. I was scared of what that would do to our relationship, even though we had a very good relationship, it was still the early years of our marriage. And, um, everyone goes through ups and downs in their first few years of marriage. And, um, so I, I can honestly stay, say that I, that I stayed much longer than I would have because of you. And, um, and you hear these stories of people, um, you know, and a lot of it is I knew what the church was going to do to you too, because I'd been in it long enough and I, and I, I didn't want to put you through that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh boy. So I think number four, we're talking about this potential of losing your circle, whether that be friends, family, or even your spouse. That is such a huge thing. And not everybody can come to the same place at the same time if you're, if you're dealing with a spouse and you're starting to study the Word of God and come to the conclusion. Like, I, I encourage you to share but you also have to remember that they're on they're they're on their own journey as well, and you can't force them to um, to come to that conclusion. Yeah, and you ultimately. have to walk through it with grace and a lot of patience and long suffering. And we've had people reach out and you know tell us their stories about how they're still in because of their spouse and they're heartbreaking. Oh. They're literally heartbreaking stories. And they ask us what you can do. And, and I just say, you have to trust God. You have to, you have to walk through this in grace and trust God that if he can do it for you, he can do it for them. But for myself, because you were still in it for several years after I left and it different, it definitely got better after you left the, the church that we were both in. But, you know, I had to, I had to be okay with the fact that God was in control of the situation and that you, I may never see what I thought needed to be, needed to be done in, Mm. in your situation as far as, um, getting out of what I saw was just so abusive to, to even you in a whole different church, you know? So yeah, I mean, there's so much we could talk about on that subject, uh, and maybe we we'll, will, and we will. We'll dive yeah. a little deeper. We want these first episodes to not be too specific d- and too deep dive on those things. I do have one story I'll tell, and that is, I had a very close, close friend, probably one of my dearest, best friends, leave about oh uh, goodness, maybe four months after we got married. Okay. Um, and. <sighs> It was very hard. It was very hard. She was a very good friend of mine. So, um, but I knew that if she was going to leave, I could have no more contact with her. Basically, I had to draw a clear boundary, right? She was very devastated by that. She tried to still stay in contact with me. She would occasionally come visit the church, even though she had 
denounced its beliefs and all of that. She wanted to still believe in God. And so she would come occasionally to say hi, because this is, this is your family when you're a part of these organizations. Well, and if you grow up in it, you don't have a lot of outside because you're not right. encouraged to, to, um, I mean, you can have coworkers and fringe outside friends, but you're not, you're not encouraged at all, um, to have any close relationships really outside of the church. Yeah. Other than to try to win them into the church. Right. In my experience. Yeah. So when she would come to visit the church occasionally, she would try to make contact with me. And I, I remember one specific time uh, she came in, up and hugged me and said, I miss you. And I, I all but basically ignored her because I was so confused why she was thinking that we could still be friends. Mm-hmm. And thank the Lord in my journey of getting out, I, the Holy Spirit just was railing on me, (laughs) convicting Mm -hmm. me for my behavior towards her. I mean, why wouldn't I? And, and ultimately I, I made an appointment with her and I, I repented for what I had done to her and, uh, basically wrote her off. I didn't even why wouldn't I have even asked her, and I told her this, why wouldn't I have even thought to ask you, do you still want to serve the Lord, but you just don't want to be a part of the UPC? Again, it's because there's, it's just so black and white. It it's is. so black and white. And you looked at her as being someone that was walking away from the truth. And so you were trying to draw a line because it wasn't like she was a sinner who you were trying to win and be friends with. She knew. She was, she and, was abandoning what I took it as was abandonment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Of, and of like, friendship. like she was leaving the family, so to speak. Yeah. And how, how can you still be friends with someone who's leaving the family? Right. So unfortunately, and I think to, to the degree that that happens within the church, uh, obviously widely varies. And, um, like we've said previously in our videos and our podcast, we still have friends and family that are in the church and we haven't been strongly written off in any of those ways, but you know, the conversations that are happening behind the scenes, um, because yeah. we had them, you know, and yeah, we were part we of them by, with some of the same individuals. So, yeah. Do you want to say anything more about that or? Um, I don't think so. I mean, do you think I talked enough about that story? Like I told enough of detail sometimes when it's in your head and you know, the story, you don't really. Well, I I think you, I think you gave a nice overview of it. And, um, I think that you made some really good points about how the Holy Spirit didn't even convict you when you were in the church of how you were treating her. In fact, I felt justified in what I, in how I was treating her because it was like, why you left us, you left our family. We'll just say that. That was a really good way that you said that you left our family. Why in the world would you even come back? And if you do, why would I be, why would I be nice to you? Yeah. And so, This is all while you're walking in the truth, filled with the Holy Ghost, doing the church thing every week. And yeah, and, and, you know, we don't want to come across as bashing or 
pointing out all the negatives because we're sinners saved by grace as well. And we were not perfect, Oh yeah. but we, but we have an experience of seeing people who were quote unquote filled with the Holy ghost come right out, out of speaking in tongues to slaying their brother with their tongue. And right. that's just not the sign of a mature spirit filled Christian. Are we going to make mistakes? Absolutely. But we do. yeah, but the, but the Lord will convict you when, when you're, when you're truly, yeah. and I can't wait to talk about that in the future yeah, because so, yeah, that's, but we need, we probably should try to um, wrap it up, wrap it up soon. So, okay. You want to talk about number five? Yeah. So I think that, um, along with all those things, um, you really, uh, believe that you would have nowhere else to go. Right. We kind of have covered this a little bit, but even as humans, we battle loneliness already right and you you talked about how it's a club we talk about it as though it's a club um in in a sense and so the community is so important and i think that's what draws a lot of people to it is is that it's it's multiple times a week you you can share life with people and there's aspects of that that are important and are why god established the church um Mm -hmm. and so I think there's a big emphasis on, well, you can only find this, this here. And so there isn't anywhere else to go. We have the only truth. And if you leave, you're just going to be, you're going to be lost. Number one. And two, you do, you can have the tendency to battle initially just this loss Mm -hmm. in your life. I remember, this conundrum, so to speak, of when I stopped going on Sundays, or in general, I stopped going because I made a pretty hard line, and we'll talk about that more next week. But um, there was a freedom in not having to be there, but also just this extreme loss of community initially, and just norm and habit, you know? Okay. And so I think that's a, I think that's a big reason um, too. And I remember us discussing. Well, you know, some of the things you're saying uh, as you were starting to maybe come to, s- to some of the same conclusions that I was is okay. These are all great, but who be- who believes this? No one else believes this almost because again, you're so indoctrinated that um, you're that the church is the only the one and only way. Um, there's not another church on the other corner that is maybe saying exactly the same things. We feel differently about that now, but that's an initial thought that you can have. Well, where, where are you going to go? You know, where are you going to go? Yeah. So I think conversely as, as important as community, it feels like community is what's important, you know, in these organizations, in these systems, Conversely, community is very important when you get out. Yeah. And so we would just encourage you to get connected with people who um, have left and that have remained solid in their faith since they've left. And um, and even if you don't know someone that's left the UPC, find, find a solid gospel-believing person if you can that you can just befriend um maybe you even have one in your in your you family probably do <laughs> you probably do and or in your in your 
life circle. In your life you know? circle. And they don't have to believe all the same things and they don't have to understand. But at least you can have, because God, the church is knit together. And it's not, it's not a building. It's not even a, con- a specific congregation, although it can be. But um, it is Christ believers bearing each other's burdens and, and being there for each other and encouraging each other and weeping when the other one is weeping and, and rejoicing when the other one is rejoicing. So, yeah. What an amazing and, thing. um, you know, reach out to us, uh, if you, if you'd like, we have ways of contacting us and we, we'd love to, um, hear your story if you'd like to share. Uh, do you want to, Talk about our honorable mention. Yeah, I think we'll just tack this one on and we won't go deep so that we can start to wrap this up. But the sense of responsibility, if you are very involved in the church, uh, can be very overwhelming, um, particularly in our cases where we were on leadership or had uh, big roles as far as being over departments or things of that nature. That can really weigh heavy Heavy. on on your decision because you're like oh my word I don't particularly like our personalities where we're very responsible for our positions we don't want to drop the ball and that again that okay I'm participating in something that now I no longer believe in but I also don't want to drop the ball I know for you that was a big that was a big deal big thing and it's not only you don't only think about that as uh, not being able to leave, but you also, you, you can barely even miss a service. One of their gatherings. I was just listening recently to a um, sermon prepping for some of the things we'll talk about in the future. And I heard this pastor talk about that missing one ser- service, missing one service for any other reason than probably being deathly sick <laughs> was the spirit of backsliding coming on you. Uh, oh my. Yeah. So just to, uh, so you like know. you can't even, uh, you can't yeah. even take the night off if you like don't feel good or something. Or, or you have family and ta- like out of town family that doesn't oh. go to church or something like that. I know that was something once you moved here, uh, at, where we live now from the state we used to live in, you didn't, you weren't, as involved in the beginning in right. a leadership position. And so you were able to not go twice on Sunday if there was something that we needed to do or wanted to do, particularly moving to a new state and just having that freedom and oh. realizing, wait a minute, I'm still, I'm still a Christian just because yeah. I missed one service. But I, yeah, I was like, whoa, that's yeah, crazy. That's strong, it's strong. strong. So anyways, that's, I think we just wanted to talk about that. Not, not everybody that gets in the church gets so involved, but they, there is a big push and emphasis now to get people involved, even if they don't have all the, the church doctrine down or don't have all the church standards, yeah. we'll get them into positions right away where they feel connected yes. and it gives them a sense of feeling so belonging. special and belonging. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, and they call them dream teams in a lot of churches. And there's nothing wrong with being involved with something that has a good mission or vision or whatever. I mean, there's Girl Scouts, there's all kinds of things going on, you know, in You can volunteer at That's not the problem. The problem is if you can't say tomorrow, I'm done and I 
I don't want to do this anymore Yep. without any consequence. Right. Then red flag. Yeah. So we'll talk about that probably more in detail in, in a future episode because yeah, I do think sure. it, it it's a big subject. That kind of wraps it up for us, folks. Um, yeah. Next week, we'll, we'll get into how um, our journey, I guess, of how we got out yeah. of the UPC. So yeah. that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Exciting. Uh, remember to um, like and share if you enjoyed and subscribe, all those things that we're supposed to say at the end. Um, and during the episode that we may have forgot, but no, seriously, if you, if you've enjoyed it, um, let us know, give us some feedback cause we love to hear and, um, share it with somebody. If you think, um, we'll put again, some of the, uh, down in the description, we'll put some of the resources that we've shared today. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if you have any questions, just reach out to us. We would love to answer. We would love to hear, uh, if you, if you think of any topics you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to do that. I'm sure we've got some experience in most all topics regarding this. So uh, you can do that below or we have an email contact in our description as well. Yeah. And until next time, um, we hope that you are blessed and have a great day. Yes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Grace Escape podcast. Yes. Yes.